This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. So I just ask that nobody tapes this privately and puts it on the internet like they did last year. This is for Or Yitzchak and only for Or Yitzchak. So we're going to open up with a f- couple of questions. We don't have much time to Mencha, so we'll do it as fast as we can. The first question is, we know that Tisha B'Av is a Yantif. It's called a Mayed. We didn't say Tachanan this morning. We're not going to say Tachanan by Mincha. We don't say Avinu Makenu. So the question is, why is it called a Mayed? Such a tragic day from the day that the Maraglim came back and spoke Lashon Hara. And it's Israel on a Kershbach who said, you cried for no reason, I'll give you reason to cry. Till today, six million Jews, Spanish Inquisition, destruction of Esau Migdash. What's the Mayed? Why don't we say Tachanan? Of all the days to say Tachanan, we should ask forgiveness for destruction of Esau Migdash, for Sinas Chinam, it was the three cardinal Averis, of Zorah, Shri Chazdom, Royas. Today's the day to do tshuva. But we don't say, we don't, we don't say, uh, we don't say Tachron. So that's number one. Number two, it says that when Mashiach comes, it's going to be a real Yantif. When Mashiach comes, did it change that six million Jews died in the Holocaust? When Mashiach comes, did it change the tragedies that, and the suffering that Kleistrel is going through right now? Mashiach comes, it's the Yantif that Mashiach came. But it doesn't change what happened. It doesn't change the Spanish Inquisition. It doesn't change the Crusades. It doesn't change all the kids off the derach today. It doesn't change all the crisis that Kleistro is going through. So it's very nice, Mashiach's here, and it's going to be a Yantif. Well, what kind of Yantif is it going to be? What are we celebrating? We're celebrating Mashiach? What does it have to do with Tishabov? So what is this Yantiv? How does it change our past? It's two very big questions. So I'd like to go to Perik Shlishi in Megillah's Echa. Perik Shlishi is a very interesting Perik because of all of Echa. It's sort of a paradox. It, it begins very tragic. And then in the middle of nowhere, it becomes extremely... I don't know if you paid attention to what you are saying last night, but becomes extremely positive. And really, today is a day that we think about the Tisha B'Avs in our lives. I spoke to Rabbi Gamliel, my Rebbe, and I asked him, what is the kavana that a person should have on Tisha B'Av? And he said, the kavana is very interesting, a real flip but everything that we're saying in Eicha, all the kinnis today that we talked about, the, the girls and boys that jumped off the ships and committed suicide because they were taking them to Rome to do Averis, the brother and sister of Ishmael and Gadol's daughter and son that died in an embrace with each other because Chashashon they didn't want it to do, and Avera, the Asara Heruge Machos, all the tragedy that we read, the, the tragedy that was written about the six million Jews, we're not mourning us. 
he said, we're mourning Hashem. Because all these stories and sitting on the floor since last night, everything that we're mourning, the rabbi just spoke a lot about the concentration camps. It's not we're feeling bad about us. That's a huge mistake. The same mistake that people, it's brought down in Svarim, that people who want Mashiach because they want to refer Shalema, they want to see the people that died come back with Chiyas HaMesim. They're in the middle of a big uh, business deal. They want it to work out. They want Mashiach for them. V'karu lahem apikarsim. They're called apikarsim. If that's why you want Mashiach, because you want to see someone that died, your friend or family member, you want to see Tchiyas HaMesim, then you're not apikarsim. The only reason that a Jew should want Mashiach is that the Shekhinah, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is in Galus, and you want to see the Shekhinah out of Galus, and that, Bayama Hu Yihiyah, Hashem Echadosh Moechad. That's it. Bayama Hu Yihiyah, Hashem Echad Ushmoy Echad. I want the world to know that there's a God, He is one, and the Golas is no, and the Shekhinah is no longer in Golas. If you want Moshiach for any other reason, you are an Apikarsis. It's pure Apikarsis. Tishabov, says my Rebbe, is not for us. We're sitting on the floor and we're crying for him. Because he lost his children. I saw in Alain Shabayak where Zulustin brings down, I forgot from who, he says an unbelievable Chiddush. In the curse in Kisavo in the Klolois, it says, Haster Aster Panai, I will hide my face. We learn that to mean and Kishwacha will turn around and he's going to let the Gayam do whatever they want. No, says Rav Zulustin. That's not what it means. Hasta Astrapanai, I cannot watch my children suffer, so I will turn away so that I don't watch them suffer. Not I will turn away so that they will suffer, I will turn away so that I don't see them suffer. Every single kinna that you said, all that pain, is that Kurdish Baruch's pain. And all the pain that each one of us that's going through our own Tishabov, whether it's a sick, whether it's the terrible sickness of cancer, or the shit of crisis, or people who are married who can't have children, or kids that are off the derech, or the nevach, the drug addiction that's going on, all the pain, that's God's pain. Because we're His children. And Rabbi Gamil said, Hashem, he said, this is what he said to me. He said, Zechariah, where are you going after Tisha B'Av? At nine o'clock when you break your fast, where are you going? He said, to my house. He said, well, guess what? That's not where Hashem's going. Because he doesn't have a house. They burnt it down a long time ago. Both his houses are no longer in the Shekhinah stands in front of the Kaisal, Shalai Zaza, where the Gemara says, 
dressed in black and goes back and forth and paces and paces and cries and says, when are my children coming back? When is my home being built? We're all going home tonight, guys. God has no home. We kicked them out of that home. We kicked them back to Shemayim. And if you look at Medrash Eichel, you'll see that he didn't want to go. That he left the base of Megdash, I think for three years, he was in Yerushalayim, then he left Yerushalayim, and then for another couple of years he was in the Midbar. He just didn't want to leave his kids. But in the end, he was forced to go back to Shemayim. So we're all going home. He's not. So my Rebbe said, focus on Hashem's pain, not on yours. Wow. It's a game changer. I'm sitting the whole day and thinking about all the stuff we're going through, all the stuff they went through in the Holocaust, all the stuff they went through in Mainz, and all the stuff they went through and all the things that they do. And I'm reading the Kinnis, and I'm like, oh my gosh, we went through so much. And Yemiyahu's crying, and we forgot the main player. We forgot the main being in this whole thing. Why? Because we're his children. They ask, they ask a question, if Nebuchadnezzar, someone loses a parent, how long is the Avelis? A year. If somebody loses a wife, or a wife loses a husband, how long is the Avelis? 30 days. Somebody loses a child, how long is the Avelis? 30 days. I would think, losing a wife, losing a parent is the way Hashem created the world. That's normal. The parent gets older, the parent passes away, and the child continues. But losing a wife or losing a husband at a young age, for sure not, is not what's supposed to be. And definitely, chas losing a child. So I would think that if, thir- if it's a year for a parent, it's two years for a child or two years for a wife. So how come it's only shleishim yayim? So the Torah says that when a person loses his wife or a wife loses her husband, she doesn't need a veilist to remind her of what she lost. She comes home, she comes into her bedroom, and the bed next to her every night is empty. She doesn't need a veilist to remind her. Or chas if he loses his wife, he comes home, and the seat at the table is empty, and the bed next to him is empty. He doesn't need a veilist to remind him what he lost. If chas somebody lost a child... He doesn't need a moment of Avelis. That void is there forever. But if someone loses a parent, says the Rabbanan, you're married, you're busy, you're going to work, you're with your kids. So you remember your parents, but if the Torah of Chazal didn't make you mourn for, for a year, you would stop mourning at 30 days for sure. You feel bad, you talk about them, but... After the shleishim, that's it. You're back. You're back in business. You're back to work. So therefore, Chazal had to force you to mourn your parents for a year. Chas So we see that a person who loses a child, Chas every moment of his day, he is thinking of that child. Hakadosh Baruch Hu lost millions and millions and millions of his children. His pain is every single day. Today is a day set aside in the Jewish calendar to feel God's pain, not yours. 
That's my Rebbe told me. That was his message. That makes the question even bigger. So if that's what we're celebrating, Hashem's pain, that's what Tishabov's about. How dare you call it a Mayad? That's a Mayad? And how does Mashiach help? All the pain of losing all these children and going through all this. How does Mashiach help? So I want to, to jump in to Parish Lishi. And really, this parak is talking to all of us because it's really Yirmiyahu speaking, but it's really every person in his pain and his trauma and his tragedy feels the same way. I am the man. Ra'ani, who's seeing all the pain by Shevet Evrasai, seeing the raw, the stick of Akurish Bokhu's anger. I see. He has driven me on into an unrelieved darkness. Only against me, says the Navi. Only Achbi, me, only against me. Did he turn his hand against me all day long? How many of us feel? How come I am going through this? The big two words, the biggest two words of someone who's suffering or someone who's going through abuse or tragedy. Two words. And Yemiyahu said these two words. Why me? Why am I the Navi that was chosen of all the Navim to watch this tragedy? Why me? And that's what he asks. He has worn away my flesh. He has broken my bones. He has placed me in darkness like a dead person. He has walled me in so many times. You just feel like it's just we're just we're in jail. It's just we're walled in. We can, I cannot escape. He has weighed me down with chains. And how many times have I been asked this by students? Though I would cry to Hashem and plead, Shasam Tfilasi, He shuts out my Tfilah. Many times we daven and we daven and we feel because Baruch Hu is not listening. Yemiyahu is speaking for all of us. But all of a sudden, there's a big change. And in Pasach Chafalaf, in, in Perek Gimel, he says the following. Zayis Ashiv Alibi. He says to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, yet this bear in mind. Al-Kain Eichel. I still have help. I still have hope. Chazdei Hashem Ki Loisamnu. In the middle of Shlishi, it's the one of the worst of all the Prakim and Eichel, of what the Jews are going through. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Yemiyahu turns channels, changed channels. And he's talking about the Chazdei Hashem Ki Loisamnu. The chassad of Hashem never end. Because there's no end to his pity. We wake up new. There's many believers. I'm part of Hashem, my soul says. Such a change. Hashem is good. To those who trust in Him. 
Lenefesh Tidrashenu. I have hope in him. Chelke Hashem Omer Nafshi. Akin Oicholoi Toivu Hashem Lekoyev Nefesh Tidrashenu. Toivu Yachol Veduma Mutshuas Hashem. It is good to wait for Hashem's salvation. Toivu Lagever Kiyisa Oben Urov. This is for the young guys that are in here. Yemiyahu said it is good for the man to develop this relationship, to take this yoke of a relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu when you're young. A lot of guys are like, ah, right now I'm not such a topic, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I shouldn't be doing this, but ah, I get older, you know, I get married, I get older. We'll connect God. Well, I'll see you then. But the Mishnah in Pekeyavu says that a young boy, a young man, a 17, 18, 19, 15, 16 year old boy, whatever transpires in his life, everything is written. It is like writing ink on brand new young paper. It sticks. What you go through, the experiences when you're young, the decisions right and wrong that one makes when he's young, it reflects throughout his whole life. But a person who's old is like dried, cracked paper. So even though he writes, it gets lost. Says so Yirmiyahu, to Klai Yisrael, in your relationship with Hashem, you're behaving and doing what you, your behaviors that you create when you're young, those are the ones that are going to stick. And if you speak to anyone who deals in addiction, that's a fact. It's the young people that become the addicts. Very few, there are some, that start their addictions at 40, 50. But if you start your addiction when you're very young, it's very hard to beat. The relapse rate is extremely high because it becomes a road in your psyche. And that road is a road that sometimes you close, but when you're in pressure and you're in trouble and you're not surrounded with a good support system, the road exists, you open it back up, and you're right back where you started. It says, do the work, do the work, do the hard work, and your midos and your mitzvos when you're young. And then he says... Yeshev Badad, I speak about this all the time. Yeshev Badad, Yidam Kinat al Some Spend some time in solitude. Sit by yourself. Get that thing out of your ear. Get that phone out of your face. And sit by yourself in a dark room and think about. Meditate about your relationship with HaKadosh Baruch And your relationship with yourself. Nothing is new in the Torah. Everything that they went through then, we're going through now. The answers that helped them are the answers for us now. And then he says something in this last Pasek, Chavtes. Yitain ba'afa pihu. Put your mouth to the dust. Ula yesh tikva. And then maybe you'll find salvation. The Mepharshim say, what does that mean? That means when a person bows, when he's submissive to Kodesh Baruch Hu, bow so far down, not to your knees, not to your ankles, to the earth. Become totally submissive to Kodesh Baruch Hu. So here's the answer to the question. The reason we got up at 102... Because really, the Beit Hamikdash really was burning right now, till tomorrow Chatzais. So there's two reasons. One reason is given that we get up at 102 because when the fire was burning the most, we appreciate that Hashem took His anger on the sticks and stones and not our bones. So we get up 
and then appreciation to Akash Baruch Hu, that it is a mayed, because had you taken it out on us, we just wouldn't be here. That's one teretz. And the other teretz is as follows. I spoke about a little bit about last year. The second teretz is Azai. I explained it to a girl yesterday. So, this girl was explaining to me that she's in complete darkness. She lives in darkness. I saw some of her paintings. She was doing um, some graphic therapy, art therapy, and every painting she drew was black, black, dark. And she went through some crazy abuse, and she's in a lot of pain. But I said, like, you got to have some light. She goes, no, my life. I live in the darkness. I said, you know, dark is good. She said, maybe for bats, but not for humans. I said, no, dark is good for humans. We're going to find that out on Tisha B'Av. She said, what are you talking about, Rabbi Wallerstein? I said, there are two darknesses on Tisha B'Av. One was last night. Oive, it's 6 o'clock. It's 7 o'clock. Tisha B'Av is coming. You start to get a little anxious. You try to drink as much as you can, thinking that it's still going to be in your body right now, which it definitely is not. And you have all these plans, and you take these pills, and there's a myra. The minute it's dark, I'm sitting on the floor. I'm changing my two, my shoes. Tisha Bob is here. Scary darkness last night. And I was sitting here at 1.35, and we can't wait for the darkness. Because the minute it gets dark tonight, the shoes are back on, and we can eat and we can drink. Two darknesses within 24 hours. One is scary. And one is welcoming. That's the paradox of Tisha B'Av. Because we understand that through the pain, we're still all here. We were sitting an hour ago reading about death, cholesterol, destruction. That's the Malchus. Rabbi, just before Chatzos, you were all sitting on the floor talking about the concentration camps and the Holocaust. And that's a reason to sit on the floor. But it comes Chatzos and Hashem says, look around the room. Yeah, there were Romans and there were Greeks and there were Babylonians and there were Nazis and there was Spanish Inquisition. And there were crusades. I didn't, you weren't left alone for two minutes. Murdered. In many different ways. Killed. Ravished. But look around the room. We're still here. They're all gone. It's sort of a car that went out of control. There's four guys in the car. And it starts flipping on the Jersey Turnpike. And it's rolling. And if you're sure not going to make it, and it's rolled five times, then it rolled down a, a, a ravine, a, down a cliff, and then it stopped, and the wheels are rolling, and the four guys are in the car, and they're looking at each other, like, you okay? Yeah. Are you okay? Yeah. We're okay. Okay. It's a little bit upside down. They get out. What do they do? Do they cry about the car being out of control? Or do they celebrate that all four of them made it out alive? And they make a suit of Shadah. And they bench Graymel. Do they sit and cry? Oh my gosh, we're depressed because the car flipped and went down a cliff. Just the opposite. The Besimcha, we made it out. 
So after a whole morning and a whole night last night talking about the car that's flipping down the cliff with the whole Jewish nation in it, it comes Chatzos, we look around, we're still here. We're in Shul, we're still davening. We're about to daven Mincha, we're about to put on our Tzvillin, we're about to put on our Talis. Hey guys, we made it! That's the antif. Wow. Okay, but how does Mashiach help? How does Mashiach change what happened? And the answer is that when Mashiach comes, we will understand that we could not have gotten to that point without all this pain. And that pain then becomes positive. It's not something we can understand that six million Jews have to die. When Mashiach comes, it will be revealed to us from the beginning of the world till his time why we had to go through what we went through. And when that happens, it'll become a real yantif. It won't change the six million Jews that die, but it will change the reason and the understanding for what happened. And that's why it's going to be a yantif. I was at the childbirth of one of my children. And it's called the times of Mashiach, the times that we're in right now. It's called the birthing, the last pain of giving birth. That's the ikhlas of the Mashiach. And the doctor was screaming, you got to push. We're not going to get this baby out unless you push. And the mother is screaming, I can't. I've been pushing for eight hours. I've been going through labor. I'm fashvitzed. I have no more kayak in my legs. I have no more kayak. My eyes are bulging out of my head. My head's cracking. I can't. Doctor, please just take the baby out. You want us to do a cesarean? No, 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 no. Just take the baby out. He says, no. You want it natural? You got to push that baby out. So push! I can't! You have to push! I can't do this. Lady, your baby's now in danger because your baby's far enough down that if you don't push, we're going to lose this child. It's in the birth canal. It's not breathing. You've got to push this baby now. I can't push. Mazel tov. You did. We have a baby. Oy vey, oy vey. Like some of the people that work today with children in Chinuch and Klyestrol. We hear this all the time. Rebbe. Mora, Tati, Mami, I can't push anymore. I can't do this anymore. It's just too much pain. We want Mashiach, the whole, the whole Dar, the whole generation is saying to Hashem, and the Gemara said this was going to happen, was saying to Hashem, we can't do this anymore. We can't have all these people dying of cancer. We can't have a shidduch crisis. We can't have so many divorces. We can't have so many people married who cannot have children. We cannot deal with so many kids, 138 
Jewish girls and boys under the age of 35 have died from overdoses or suicide, mostly overdoses, since January 1st. Last year, I asked Tzvi Glock before Tisha B'Av, how many Jewish kids did we lose since January? And he told me 78. This year, at 130-something. We doubled. We, we can't do this anymore. We, we can't handle this anymore. Imagine there were 150 kids on a bus. Imagine 150 kids on a bus in Eretz Yisrael. And ISIS got a hold of them and took them into Gaza. And they're going to kill every single one of them slowly. And we get, we hear that we could do something about it. We could do something about it. And if we, we give them money under the table, whatever it is, we got some kind of deal, they're going to sneak the bus. Our friends are going to sneak the bus out of Gaza and bring them back into Israel. Is there anyone in this room that wouldn't volunteer for that mission? Is there anyone in this room who wouldn't sell their house? Raise a million dollars in a second. In a second. I could raise a million dollars in this room. In a second. 150 kids in Gaza? On a bus? <laughs> we'll sell everything. We'll sell our houses. We'll sell our cars. We'll, we'll, we'll borrow money. We'll take mortgages. Who would stop? There are 148 kids that were on a bus that aren't here anymore since January. We let them die. We didn't save the bus. It's in a half a year. At this point, the people who are in the works of the Rambam were so over our heads, we're like, I can't push anymore. We can't do it anymore. And Hashem is saying, we are in the Ikhvus of the Meshicha. The baby is half out. Klal Yisrael, you have to push. You have to do chesed. We have to stop looking at the things that we're looking. We have to stop looking at them. We have to give such a push. So much tefillah. So much Torah. So much shmiras inayim. So much tzniyos. That last push. When Christ, the Gemara, the Gemara says this. When Christ says to Hashem, we're done. We can't push anymore. We can't take any more dollars. It's it. That's what Hashem is going to say. Mazel Tov, Mashiach's here. But we can't leave the baby in the canal. We're so close. We're so close. Our Ahavas has to get much better between us. Our Shmiris I'm talking to guys. So our Shmiris are not watching all the garbage that we're watching. Our honesty in business, that's a, that's a very big test for men. You know, when you come to Shemayim, they ask you three questions. Were you honest? Were you kvei itam And did you wait for Mashiach? So I asked Rabbi Gamliel many years ago, I would think that the first question should be, were you kvei itam l'tayra? Talmatayra kinegakulam. You know what he told me? He said, when they asked you the first question, were you nice? Were you in business? Were you honest? If the answer is no, they don't ask you the other two questions. Hashem doesn't care if you learn Torah. If you're a Ganif, your Torah is worthless. What are you waiting for Mashiach for? So the first question is, were you honest? If the answer is no, they don't even get to the other two questions. Because Torah means nothing if you're not honest. So as men, it's one of the big things we have to look at. Are we doing business? Are we honest with what we're doing with our monies? 
Are we giving tzedakah the way we're supposed to? Are we davening with kavana? Do we have shmir sinayim? Especially to the young guys. I know it's very late, and I wasn't sure that I wanted to speak about this, but I'm going to speak about it. Because usually when I'm not sure, that's really what I need to speak about. And we'll close with this. It's just something that I came across by accident. And, you know, I was talking to the girls before I came here, and it's very much about Sneas, Tisha B'Av. You should know that, because the, the two major stories that Yirmiyahu cried about, look in your kinnas, the two main stories that he cried about had to do with Sneas. The boats with the 300 girls and the 300 boys that were being taken to Rome, that they should become harlots, Zainas. So it says that the girls... They found that while they were being taken to Rome and they were very scared if they should commit suicide because you're not allowed to commit suicide. So they had a big question from within themselves. Are we allowed to jump off the boat before we even get there? And a, a basketball came out from Shemayim and said, this is what you should, this, it would be very, Hashem would be very accepting if you did this and I promise to bring you back into Chiasim The guys didn't jump first. Nah. The girls jumped first. And when after the girls jumped, the guys saw the girls jump, they said, Wow. Such a kanyais that they, and, and remember this is in the time of Beis Hamidrash, Shvichas Domim, Gilei Royas, right? Avay Zara, Sinaschinam. We're not talking about, you know, great days. I don't even know if those girls were Beis Yaakov girls, but they jumped, and the guys followed. And Yemiah says, "My eyes didn't stop crying for them." And then, of course, Rav Shmuel Kohen Gadol, his daughter was put in a room, and his son was put in a room. They didn't know that they were there that they were brother and sister, and the owner of the boy said, I never saw such a beautiful boy, because he was very shmokai and godlo, summary shmokai and godlo, Gamora says, if you looked at his face, it had a part of the shekhinah, whatever that meant. He was the most beautiful man ever created. He was actually a Gilgal of Yosef, we spoke about it a long time ago, and Yosef, we know, is the only man that calls, that he was a beautiful person, the way the Torah calls him. And they put him in a room, and then the master of the girl said, wow, I have a girl. I never saw such a beautiful girl in my life. And you have a boy. Let's put him in a room. Let's breed them. Put him in a room with a couple of beds, close the door. We'll have kids that are going to be the most beautiful kids in Rome. And the two of them, a whole night, read read how Yemiho cries when he says the story. The whole night they're crying in their corners, crying, crying, crying. And then he's saying, I'm the son of a coin. I'm a coin, the son of a coin. Gondol. I'm going to breed with some guy. This is what I ended up becoming, and she's in the corner. I'm the daughter of a coin gundal. They're going to breed me with some... And they stand in their corners, and they cry their eyes out. Is that what we would do if we were in a room? And then the sunlight opens up, and they see each other. It's my brother. It's my sister. And Yumiyahu writes that they hugged each other. They were crying till they died in each other's arms. He says, I never cried like this before. To see a brother and sister die in each other's arms because of tzniyas. So there's a lot of tzniyas in, in Tisha B'Av. So I just want to read you this very fast because you never heard this before. Unless you were in my share last week. In Hilchis Yisai De Taira. And this is for the women who are here as much as it is for the men. And this is what it says in Hilchis Yisai De Taira. If you want to look it up, it's, para, it's Parakei Tess. A person who saw, he saw a girl, he saw a woman. He became sick, like the Gemara says. He became lovesick. Mamish sick. Ah, nobody believed him. The guy's saying, I'm not eating, I'm not drinking because I can't be with this girl. Who's going to believe him? So they took him to a doctor. Ain't 
He cannot be healed till he's with her. He's really sick, like the Gemara in Sanhedrin. He's really sick. Says the Rambam, Yomus al Tivolo, he should die, and don't let him be with her. Okay, that's not a big chiddush. The Gemara talks about it, and the Gemara says she's an ishesish. That's Gilead Rayas. It's one of the three cardinal sins. You have to die, not be over. Zok the Rambam. Even if she's a single girl. And she's not an Ashish. So there's no Avera of Gilead Rayas. Let him die. And then he goes further. Afilu Lidabe Imo Meachoire Hagadar. You hear this? He says, I don't need to be physically with her. I just want to talk to her. If I hear her voice from the other side of the Mechitza, I'll start eating again. I'll, I'll, I'll be healed. Ein Mayrin Don't give him a heter. Viyamos. Let him die. Do not allow him to talk Ima with her. From the other side of the mechitza, you hear? Not touch her. He wants to talk to her. He won't even see her. It's on the other side of the mechitza. But the reason that he wants to do this is because he's so sick that if he doesn't do this, he'll die. When I learned this Rambam, I'm thinking to myself, it's a dinner ben sarumayra. A meshugana like this, right? He's so meshugana. That he's going to die if he doesn't talk to a girl. In the end, this crazy guy, next time, is going to do something really bad. It's like a Ben Sarumara prevention. Let him die. This is for the ladies. Says the Rambam ladies, no. We're not worried about him. That's not why we let him die. And this is also for the guys. Shalom, Yehiyu, Benos, Yisrael Hefker. Our daughters are not Hefker. You want to talk to them on the other side of the Mechisa because that's what you want to do? Our daughters are not for that. Our daughters are not Hefker. Jewish women are not Hefker. That's the Rambam. Let him die. Did you hear? You let him die before he can even talk to her. On the other side of the Mechitza. Jewish boys. Never forget this Rambam. Jewish girls are not Hefker. Jewish women. Don't forget this Rambam. Jewish women are not Hefker. There's one other place. That that Lushen is used. And that's with David HaMelech. David HaMelech when he hit Goliath. And he knocked him out. He didn't kill him. Everyone thinks he killed him. He didn't kill him. He knocked him out. And he ran to Gullius to chop his head off. But he didn't have anything to chop his head off with. He had a slingshot and a stick. In those days, the big warriors had weapon carriers. They would stand next to them. Give me my shield. Give me my spear. Give me my sword. So Gullius had a, we- a weapon carrier. And he had the key. Gullius' sword was locked. So David Amelov said to this guy, I'll make you a deal. You give me the key to the sword... And if you become a ger, if you become a Jew, I will get you any Jewish girl that you want. So, the guy liked the deal. He gave David Amalek the key. He opened it up. He took the sword and he chopped Goliath's head off. That's how he killed him. 
Who was this guy? Says the Medrash in Shmuel. Do you know who this guy was that became a ger? Uriah Hachiti. Uriah Hachiti married Batsheva. The whole story with David Amela because he sent Uriah Hachiti to the front so that he would get killed so he could have his wife, Batsheva. In Nun Aleph, David Amela cries to Hashem for the sin that he did. You can look it up in the Tehillim. Says the Medrash. But Sheva was David Amelech's Zivug. That was his Zivug. That was his pure Zivug from Shemayim. You went ahead, and that's the Lushan of the Medrash, and made my girls Hefker? You said he could pick from any woman he wants? You made my daughters Hefker? I'm giving him your Zivug. And that's why Uriah Chiti married Batsheva. And that's why David Melech lost Batsheva to him. And that's the Lashon of the Medrash. Hashem looks at his daughters. They are not Hefker. And they should not act Hefker. And they should not be treated as Hefker. And that we can learn from Tisha B'Av. Look at the girls that jumped off the boat. Look at the sister and brother. And Baruch Hashem, look at that we are still here. And we are now going to Dabin Mincha. And we're sitting on chairs because we got out of that car at the bottom of the canyon. And we're all still here. Maybe Obi Zeicha, not to Kruye Mayid, not the Tishbub that we have right now, that we don't say Tachanam, but the Tishbub that becomes the Yantif. Because Mashiach came. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.